So I know, like, sometimes I hear, I listen to random people sometimes, but it's cool that listening to you guys because I feel like it's something that I can, you know, reach out and be like, yeah, I know these people. <laughs> Anyhow, so there's like, I'm sure there's a mindset that comes with a lot of this, you know, and I grew up a certain way and risks weren't always the choice. You know, it's like you always play the safe card. Uh, if you have it, keep it as long as you can. You know, that type of thing. And so it's like, what, what was that process like for you guys and how has that mindset grown or changed over time? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I grew up, my dad was an engineer, my mom was in banking. We lived in the same house my whole life. So it's really funny that I lived in the same house my whole life until I came to college and then I've lived in like 20 houses. <laughs> Because um, mom and dad were about consistency. Um, but from a young age, I was always, I mean, I had a lawn service. I, I did stuff like that. And I don't know, I guess I was, for me, I was just a little different. But once I started seeing real estate, I started finding mentors. Um, I don't know why I was never told that, but I thought, man, if I can get, and get someone's ear and I can find out what they're doing. Well then, once I got to know two or three of these guys, I was kind of like you, I, I looked at them and said, man, they're no different than I am. They just started buying something. And like I said, at the beginning with Tane and I, we had nothing. So to take that risk, it, to me it wasn't even a risk. So, and then once you, once you see that first, our first flip is what, we were hooked. I was hooked. <laughs> you know, we were, and I'll tell the story. We were 29 days late on every payment we had. The day we closed our first flip, we sold it. We paid all of our bills up. That first flip, somebody, because it took me almost a year to do, because I was teaching and we found out that our oldest son was going to be born and everything else, it took us a year. Someone broke in, stole all my tools. So I had to buy all new tools, so I bought a covered trailer, and then we put a little bit of money in the bank, not much. But I was like, we just made $18,000. The day we closed that one, we had, had a contract on another one, we closed another one. It was probably 30, 45 days later, we made $31,000. And I was just like, holy smokes, this is phenomenal. Um, so being around people, and I guess for me, it was to change that mindset was just other people are doing it. How are they doing it? And I constantly, from reading books, from seeing successful people, if you look at successful business people, they're not, they're not wealthy because of, most people are not wealthy because of their business. They're wealthy because their business made good cash flow and they rolled it into real estate. Most wealthy people are invested into real estate. And so I just started watching. I mean, I read Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You know, what do they do? I read The Millionaire Next Door. What, what does a millionaire do? Um, you just start focusing on that and, and then just realizing that other people are doing it. Not, there's nothing fancy about it. It's just one of the biggest things, per, uh, analysis paralysis. People will analyze and think about it, but they never take a step. Man, we bought stuff that we sold 30 days later. We bought a condo in Florida. I, I'm not lying. We tried to back out. They threatened to sue us if we didn't close. So we closed, and the day we closed, we put it back on the market. 
you know. We sold it 30 days later. We bought a we duplex. Did. We bought a duplex and it was college kids that were living in it. So every year they were moving and mom and dad would come in and they would want the most pretty, you know, all new carpet, all new paint, as we know that their kids were gonna. So within a year we sold a duplex that I wish we'd have never sold because it was in a great location now. But we were making very, very little. You know, we tried that whole concept of buy nice properties. That's how we found our mojo in buying value add properties, buy the low, low properties, clean them up, fix them up, and, and rent them because that's where the cash flow was. It wasn't in your higher end. Um, I don't think you're, I mean, some people are just innately drawn, I'm gonna do this, I wanna do this. There, there is risk, obviously. I mean, we, not, we have lost money on deals here and there. Not a lot because we've tried to be really smart, even in making dumb decisions, we'll, either if we're going to hold on to it until we can sell it and not lose or whatever. But, you know, just if you can just get in it, part of it, what we've always liked about real estate is we have a physical asset that we have that we can go touch and hold on to that we always have that to sell. So that always gives us something to fall back on. If nothing else, we've got something physical that we can sell if we need and to. And you have the options of doing different things. Mm -hmm. Back in 08, we had a house that, it was a flip. We went, cleaned it up, and it would not sell. So I was like, Tane, we gotta do something. We rented it. We rented it for probably eight years. Then that was when the market started coming up and I was like, hey, the tenants moved out. I hate this house. Let's do some cleanup on it and make it look pretty again. And we sold it and we made money. Mm -hmm. So part of it too is you have to be willing to be flexible. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to start in rentals, great, but there might be other options. There might be storage, there might be multifamily, there might be office, wh whatever. And part of this comes down to your personality, your time constraints. Um, you know, we self-manage a lot of our stuff. I know people that they're like, I wouldn't take one phone call. I like it. I like to know what my tenants are thinking. I like to be able to diffuse a situation as fast as possible. Um, and I like to have that oversight. Some people call it controlling. I just, I, I like to have that ability to know what's going on. So just finding mentors, getting out there doing it, reading. I did a lot of reading, getting on a lot of um, Facebook groups. I mean, there is so much with technology now that you can get involved in different forums and things like that. And it just, it excites you and it just gets you motivated and it, it gets you people that have, and that's kind of part of this whole concept here, is people that have experience, people that have gone through it. You know, when it comes to building, I call my buddy out. And I'm like, man, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Is this smart to build? Is this not? Um, most of the time he's like, no, building's terrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so with property investments and stuff, so do you guys mainly do property We do. Yeah, because okay. yeah, I don't like building. Okay. Um, I've never gotten my license. Um, I've built a few houses, mainly with partners. Um, it takes too long. It's There's so much restrictions. There's all the shenanigans with a fix and flip or an existing rental, you've got 75% of the structure there. Uh, you don't have to go through all the permitting. You don't have to wait for everything. You don't have to have guys that are licensed to do 
everything from insulation and door tests and all this kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's a lot easier. Um, so yes, I, now, sometimes I wish we could just tear it down and, and do new construction because, you know, they're pretty rough, but um, no, I, I do. I, it's something the last couple of years, I'm just like, I, I like doing rehabs. I like having a structure that's already there. I have a great vision for a property that's there. I can take it and clean it up and make it look good. But if it's not there, I, I can't see it. I mean, it's, we looked at a house and I had to have Al come out and say, hey man, can we build something here? And he shows me some plans and I'm like, oh, now I can see it, but I can't. So yeah, 95%, probably 98% of what we've done overall has been pre-existing. Even in storage, um, you know, we buy, normally buy something that has a couple buildings and we might be able to add. You know, that's always something that I like doing is being able to add a little bit, so. So for pulling permits and uh, your rehabs and not pulling permits, what does that look like to you guys? Have you ever been caught without having a permit? <laughs> Well, I've been shut down in Chattanooga with a licensed electrician in the state of Tennessee, but they weren't licensed in the city of Chattanooga. Um, so we had to pay a guy that was licensed in the city of Chattanooga to come and sit on a bucket while my guy that's licensed in the state of Tennessee did all the electrical. Um, flip that we're working on right now, we had this uh, neighbor called the city, said that we uh, were unpermitted and so the building inspector came out and he said, you don't need a permit for this. And I said, I know that. So when we need permits, we get heating and air guys, we get electricians. We, you know, when we have to, we do. Um, otherwise, if we don't have to, there's a lot of things, you know, sheetrock, painting, flooring, that kind of stuff that, you know, that's another advantage is the pre-existing, you know, obviously if you do a certain percentage, you're, you know, I think it's 40%, uh, you have to pull permits, you have to take it up to code, things like that. Um, so, you know, there is, there is that point that, you know, you, you have to get it. I mean, on storage and different things, we've had to pull contractors in because we've had to do sprinkler systems. So we just kind of take it case by case, and that's part of our evaluation is are we going to have to use everything licensed contractor or are we going to be able to, you know, use guys that I know that can do the job that would the licensed contractors would use, but it's just not having an actual license. I mean, it's case by case basis. How much of the, like, how much of the flip do you actually do, or do you, at this point, do you just hire? I don't do anything. I go get materials at this point. Um, up until two years ago, um, I was, two to three years ago, I was there every day. I'd leave the fire hall and I'd go shingle, I'd go hang sheetrock, I'd go finish. Um, but part of the reason I left the fire hall is I had a back injury. And so I've got a couple good crews um, and I don't have to. I spend more time looking at deals, dealing with the management of our rental properties and getting materials. So I miss it sometimes. I know it sounds crazy because a lot of people feel like it's, man, I'd like to not have that, but it's fun. I enjoy it. I mean, and I think that's part of, Somebody said recently, you know, if 
you have a job that you love, you never go to work. And I truly, I like every other job I've had, you know, there are hard days in, in real estate, but I truly get excited every day and I'm like, okay, what, what are we, what are we going to face today? What craziness? Um, you know, but I love what I do. I love, it's like Monopoly. I like playing Monopoly. It's fun. So, so if you're starting out, because I, I heard, I forget where I heard this, but basically some of those flipping homes, they were having a hard time getting out of hanging sheetrock and painting. And it was like, for them, they enjoyed it so much, like you said, but it was hard. And, and so I wonder what that, you know, what that transition is like. And then also, like, do you have to start out just doing what it takes type thing? And then at some point, do you transition? Um, to answer your question, no, you don't have to start out. I know guys that have businesses that they've never picked up a hammer, never picked up the first piece of trash. Um, when I started, I, like I said, I didn't have all these resources on the internet. We didn't have masterminds. We didn't have that kind of stuff. All I knew was, hey, you can fix up a house. You can make this kind of money and you can go on. I didn't have any skills. I paid a guy to put in a toilet and a dishwasher and a countertop and I stood there and watched him like this. And when I paid him the 200 and some odd dollars, I said, man, thanks. I think I can handle putting a toilet in from now on. Um, but as far as transitioning out of that, it's very hard. Um, I'll be honest with you. If it wasn't for my back injury, I probably would still be out there swinging a hammer now. Um, partially because I enjoy it, but partially it's, it's hard to get people to do the quality, to show up, um, overcharging uh, for doing things. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I would love to be able to pay someone, you know, get a contractor and just, hey, here you go. But once again, our niche has been, we buy the roughest, nastiest houses. And, uh, you know, I mean, even down to the point of, we started running into a lot of issues with crawl spaces. That home inspectors were failing our crawl spaces because there was mold, there was this, there was that. We bought into a, a crawl space encapsulation franchise and learned how to do it. And I was gonna do it as a business. And it was just so, I mean, you talk about hard work, that was hard work. But I got that knowledge and that understanding of what you needed to do. Now in our flips, we clean crawl spaces up, we encapsulate them, we do all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's just that learning process. I've never been able to just hire a contractor. I have tried. I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I'm, I'm not the greatest at it because I'm, I know how to do so much of it. I, I kind of get a little more nitpicky and they don't like it. They just, they wanna do the least amount of work and get their check and go on. So it is a hard battle. Um, but I've got several guys that have been working with me for 10 years and they know what I want. I know they know how I do it. And so it makes it easier, but the transition is extremely hard. So if you're not one that wants to do the work and I'm going to call my oldest son out on this one, we've <laughs> determined he does not like heat. So I told him, I said, probably working, doing construction, doing that kind of stuff is probably not. You're going to need to find an air-conditioned job. So <laughs> if, if he's going to do real estate, he needs to be the desk jockey that gets a contractor and he's going out there. Um, you know, and there's strategies behind that, you know. Um, 
I feel like I can buy maybe a property that, going back to even your question, I can buy a property that's not maybe as deep of discount that you need to be able to pull a contractor in because we, I've got my guys and me that have that knowledge. You know, so that's been a little bit of my strategy is I can do a little bit more. Obviously, my time's worth something, so I want to make money. You know, even though I might not be getting paid on the day-to-day, I want to make more money. Um, so, you know, there's real estate, there's always. Trade-off between sweat equity and, and time. Yes. Really yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's flips or customs or whatever, it, it is a hard transition because once you know how to do it, it's hard to pay somebody else to do it, and especially if they're not going to do it the way you would have done it yourself. Yeah. So that's hard to... We've had that conversation about 5,000 times in the last six months because we're trying to transition a lot of things in our business and no one does it like we do. Yeah. And it, it's hard to mm-hmm. trade efficiency for quality. It is. Yeah. It can well, make you more efficient have other people do it, but if you're sacrificing quality, yes. then yes. And, and there's that trade you're willing to make. Yeah. yeah, that's the trade is are you willing to do that? I mean, we even had the conversation we were building that house together, just cleaning up. You know, we could pay someone to go in and sweep the floors and pick up all the garbage, but part of it, by the time you find somebody and you oversee them and then they miss half of it and you got to go back and do it, we could do it ourselves. And that was a conversation because I was like, at that point, you know, with my back, it was so sore. I was like, let's just pay somebody to do this stuff. And I was like, no, let's shovel this. Let's do this. <laughs> and, and he was right. He was right because it, it was pointless. And that was the struggle. That is the struggle that if you're a hands-on guy to get out of that. So I think when you're getting started, when you're setting up your why, you know, you're setting up your goals, you're doing that kind of stuff, you have to get to that point of saying, okay, I gotta take a real look at me. Take a personality test. What's your, what's your personality? And figure out, okay, I'm gonna be successful. I'm gonna tell you right now, my son is not going to be out swinging a hammer. I, I just know. Now my other son, I could see it. But Ethan, he's, he, that's not his, that's not his thing. And it's taken us a couple of years. He worked with us for a year and hated every minute of it. Um, but we figured it out when we were in Texas and it was 113 degrees out on the lake in a boat and he's miserable and hates it. I'm like, okay, it's the heat. He hates <laughs> heat. So does that make sense? We know investors that they're, I am okay with the inefficiencies so That's I don't right. have to do it. And there is people, they operate like that and they're totally fine with it, knowing that whoever is overseeing it will not do it the same as them, but they're totally fine with that. Because we've done everything ourselves from the beginning, at this point, it's hard for us to transition to that, even down to turning over office work. It's like, I can just go take care of it. Why would I pay someone? They're, they're going to overlook things that I don't overlook, but yet it's a big time constraint for me. And when I don't have to have it now, but it's, it's a big balance. And there act. is a scalability. I mean, Al and custom homes, me with flipping, you know, I could only do so much when it was me and one other guy. Now I've got multiple crews, we can do multiple things. So there is a scalability and that's what, it, it's that difference in philosophies. You know, I've been doing it for 25 years, so I'm in a pretty good financial position. So I'm okay to kind of stay the way that we are but if you're young and you're, you know, you're wanting to scale quick, I mean, I've got a buddy out of North Carolina, three years, he has 750 multifamily units in three years, almost, 
$100 million worth of rentals in three years, okay? Part of it, and I'm gonna say this from mine and Latane's side too, something I noticed a lot with guys though is they have all these teams and um, they're, they're spending so much time managing those teams on things that they could just take care of. So yes, you're not technically doing it, you're not technically responsible for it, but yet you're still managing that team. Um, and it's a money thing too for me. Um, a, a guy that I met, he was doing 70 flips a year. And he told me, he had like 30 or 40 employees, acquisition managers and this and that. And you know, he, he essentially did 25 flips just for payroll. And it's like, I would rather do 10 and me be involved, me going and picking up the materials and doing that kind of stuff because it was just easier. It's easier, it's, it's less stress. You don't have to worry about 74 sales. You can worry about 10 sales. But it all comes down to your personal philosophies, what you want, you know, I mean, I know a guy that he's like, I wanna be a billionaire. Well, do not follow my, my example because I don't. I don't want that headache. So. Go ahead. I had one. Actually, she didn't do diddly squat. I didn't. Um, until six, seven years ago, mm -hmm. as far as like the books and stuff like that. Part of it, and I'm going to say this too, when I say that, she was a mama. <laughs> she was working full time. Um, I was out there grinding, doing stuff, and we didn't have as much. You know, we might have four, five, six, seven rentals and a couple flips going. So I was able to kind of do that a little bit more myself. But as we got busier and busier, part of it is she always was interested and she was always driving by the property. She was always, you know, she was with me. We always talked, we've always communicated. So when it got to that point that we were like, okay, we think you can quit your job. We could use this rental property and this rental property to pay your salary, let's do it. Then that's when she just kind of like dived in. And I mean, I'll never forget the day. And, she still kind of follows the little systems that I've, I've implemented from the beginning, but I remember sliding that file folder over to her and I was like, thank, and I haven't thought about it since. Uh, I, seriously, I haven't. I mean, she's smart, she's organized and everything else, and it's, it's been easy. So, but it's, I mean, we're at a different stage in life too. You know, when we first got married, it was, it was, we both were working, had babies and everything else. So it was yeah, It took it was a different. lot of years because um, I just, I didn't have time. But the one thing I will say is she was always supportive, always. So if there's wives out there, um, you know, when I came home at nine, 10 o'clock at night after working on a house, after being at the fire hall the day before, you know, she'd say, go lay down on the couch. I'll wash the dishes. You know, I'll, I'll take care of this. And you know, you hear about that nagging spouse and it's, uh, I say that truly the reason we're the success that we are might be because of my hands, but it was because of her support. 
So that's, that's huge. <laughs> okay. We're good? I think we're good. Any other questions last minute? That was crazy. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> Hope you got a little something. Laura, you are officially invited to every <laughs> And Warby, you're pretty good too. Yeah. You can come. Uh, we need those question and answers. Yeah, yeah. Just when it starts getting a little weird, just be like, hey, I got a question. <laughs> so, so, thank you.